Psalm 78. I find myself um, emotional this week as I got our baby home and it spent a lot of nights uh, with our little girls. Val is with the baby mostly. I'm with her a little bit. But uh, Carolina is now is not sleeping very good. And so she gets up in the middle of the night, and I go in there and sleep with her. And while that's very inconvenient and um, keeps you awake uh, and doesn't feel good, it's, it's had me thinking. And so I'm laying there on the floor, kind of cold, while she's trying to go to sleep. Um, and I find myself just, just praying. Um, and there's a lot that you can pray for when you have little kids, and there's a lot that's on your mind, but I found myself becoming pretty emotional. Um, overwhelmed, as I said, I've said this the, this past Sunday, I think, um, overwhelmed with, with God's goodness in my life. I mean that with all sincerity. Um, I don't know why my life has been so good and so blessed. The Bible totally says that I didn't earn it or deserve it, uh, so I don't think that at all, but I'm aware of it, and it's very, very humbling. But when you have little children, you think about that all the time. I mean, just today, Carolina came up to me and said, Daddy, will you come push me on the swing? Just today, JJ and Eli have said, will you come play basketball with us? We're playing around the world. I mean, that, that's the life I have, and if you know me very well, there's not a life that I would rather have more than that life. Um, not to mention I got to preach twice in one, one day combined with those things. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm real emotional right now with that. But with parenting, the kids grow up. And they will soon, very soon, not be asking me to push them on the swing. And they will soon, very soon, um, maybe, not be asking me to go shoot basketball with them. Tabor has a grandmother that is dying of cancer. He went to see her. Y'all know Tabor, right? He went to see her this week. The doctors, maybe even hospice now, have told her that she's on the de- told them that she's on the decline. And Tabor said that she gave him a hug and said, "Tabor, you make sure you go and live your life and follow your dreams. Life goes by so fast." And it shook Tabor up. His grandma saying to him, life goes by so fast. I was 23 years old just the other day when I moved here, single. And now y'all are telling me I have too many kids. It's going by fast. It's going by really fast. And I have to filter all of these emotions through what God says. And what am I supposed to do with this one life? The Bible talks a lot about having children. In Psalm 78, we are told what we're supposed to do with it. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we have heard and known. So he says, listen to me, I'm about to teach you something. Open, open your ears, I've got something to say. Okay, y'all are here tonight. I've got something to say. Listen to me. 
Hope you're listening. Drew just talked. He had something to say. Hope you're listening to him. This is pretty normal and common. But he says, I've got something to say. But then he says, it's something that we've heard before. But I want to say it again. Y'all, there are some things in life that you have heard before, but you need to hear it again. And there are some things in life that you know, and you need to hear it again. There are some things in life that you've heard so many times that now you say it, and yet you need to continue hearing it and continue saying it. And this is what he's saying. Verse 3, he says, things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. I want to ask you, is there anything in your life that you do right now because your father told you that? Are you the way you are at all because of your father? And it may or may not be the case that you are. We don't get to choose our dads, do we? We don't. But what I want to talk about tonight is not so much what your father taught you, but what for everybody coming after us, even more specifically, as we are a church now that is working to promote family, mothers, fathers, moms, dads, husbands, wives, with children, uh, grandchildren, what are they getting from us? Really, in short, what are Liliana and Carolina and Noah and Eli and JJ getting from me? And what are all the little ones around you getting from you? He says, I'm going to tell you what we've already heard and known, what our fathers have told this. And look what he says in verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation. Why would he say there we're not going to hide it? Because he, he knows that inside of him, had passed down to him from his father, from the fathers, was some information that he has benefited from. He sees it as a failure, as a problem, if it's not passed on. So he says, we will not hide it from those coming after us. He sees it as a problem if those coming after us don't get what we got. One of the things that parents love to say, I've heard my parents say it, I found myself saying it already, it's pretty common to say, well, I wasn't that way. And we, we talk about our kids, and we say, well, I, I, I wasn't that way. Well, here, as far as communicating a message, we have to make sure that they get what we saw valuable that we got. Verse 4, we will not hide them from their children, but we will tell it to the coming generation. I want to ask you here today, do you, do you feel, not an unnecessary burden, not an unhealthy burden, a good, healthy, strong, do you feel... There is something you ought to pass on. Do you feel that you know those coming behind you must get something from you? That's what he's saying here. We will not hide it from them. We will tell it to the coming generation. Well, if it goes by fast, and if they grow up and they're gone... If empty nest syndrome is a real thing that Val and I are going to encounter here in about, what, 20 years or so, when all of our kids are, are gone and moved out, if that's going to be something that they're going to be out of our, our, our um, umbrella, so to speak, then, then do I really only have 20 years to tell this to them? And if so, when should I get started on that? And how much should I go at it? Should this be something that we sit down once a year and discuss? Should it be uh, woven into every meal that we eat? 
Should it be day in and day out? Should it be morning and evening? How do you pass this on? Do I wait until they hit their sweet 16 and I give them a big speech about God? What's it look like? Either way, there's something we can't hide from them that they, they have to get. Here's what he says. The glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. I just want to ask you here, that weight and burden that I'm speaking of, the healthy one, not the unhealthy one, do you know that that what you are to tell them is about God and who He is, His might and what He's done? Do you work to make sure they know that? Do you live to communicate that to them? Now, very simply, if you don't think that the Lord is glorious in deeds, then you're not passing it on. If you don't know the might of the Lord, if rainbows don't impress you and hailstorms don't impress you and the birth of a child doesn't impress you with the glorious might of God, then you're probably not passing on the might of God. Telling somebody a Bible verse doesn't necessarily equate to being the might of God. Or the wonders that He's done. Do you walk with the Lord in such a way that God has put up signposts in your past? Oh, I remember that year when He did that. I remember when He worked this in our home, in our family, in our marriage. Oh, I remember when we went through that season and that storm. I remember those years. I remember those days. I remember when the Lord was working so strongly in my life in those years. I remember when I got saved or baptized or when this Bible study began. I remember the first time I ever did this. I remember how God is working in my life. The wonders He has done in my life. Do you have those? And very simply, you may know that we cannot hide it from the children and we must pass it on to the coming generation. But if you do not know the the glorious deeds of the Lord, His might and the wonders He's done, there is no chance that you're passing it on. Let's just be honest about that. So we must. Now before we go on with verse 5, we're only going to get to verse 8. What, what I feel when I hear this is, this is, this is hard. And there aren't a whole lot of great examples out there in the world where we've seen this happen. There aren't, there aren't a lot of great godly grandparents that have great godly children that have great godly grandchildren that are on their way to becoming the next. There's just not a lot of those out there, are there? There are some, don't get me wrong. There are some and we could name plenty, but I mean, they're not all over the place. So often we see breakdown from generation to generation. Generally speaking, what's happening in the USA right now is the older people are in a family, the more committed they are to church, and you go down one generation and then two generations, and there's hardly a connection to church. But the problem is not passing things on to our children. That's natural. That's the way God made it. When I woke up from my nap today, and, and I went to lay down with Noah to help him fall asleep, and I got up about two and a half hours later. I crashed on today's nap. 
And as soon as I got up, I walked in with bedhead and everything, to the, stumbled onto the couch. And JJ said, Dad, the Spurs are losing. He already knows that I like basketball. And he already knows who the Spurs are. He already knows the score before I was even watching it. It's 15 to 14. They're losing. That's what he said. It's kind of easy to pass on that. Not because it's easier to pass on that, but because, as you know, I'm so all about that. I get excited about that. I want to play basketball. I want to talk about basketball. I want to be involved with basketball. Basketball is something that you see the glorious deeds and the might and the, and the, and the wonders in my emotions and in my life and in my personality, and so it just carries over. For you, it's something different. Is anybody in here surprised that Bobby Samuels has a little house up here with a barn and miniature horses? Is anybody surprised at that? Not at all. Bob Samuels has had a miniature horse farm for as long as anybody can remember. Is it any surprise that Larry and Morgan both retired from Chevron? I think that's what Junior did. We're pretty good at passing that on. Why is the Big Blue Nation as big as the Big Blue Nation is here in Kentucky with Kentucky Wildcat fans? Because as soon as kids can walk, they're put in front of UK games and all they hear about is UK games. And the biggest thing in the world for UK fans are UK games. It's pretty easy to pass along things. When your life is centered around those things. When your emotions are moved by those things. When your foundation is set up on those things. So before we get into verse 5, I want to show you that this is not difficult because passing things on is difficult. This is difficult because we often don't really know the Lord in a real and personal way that can be passed on. So in verse 4, he says, We will not hide it from their children, but we will tell it to the coming generation, the glorious deeds of the Lord, His might, and the wonders that He has done. Verse 5, he says, He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Yes, God has. God has a testimony. When I come on here on a Sunday night or a Wednesday night, and I say, does anybody have anything encouraging they want to say? The reason why many of you don't say anything, listen, is not because there's nothing to say. Please don't dare try to act for a second like God's not doing anything in the world or in Fairdale or in your home or in your lives. There are things going on nonstop 24-7 that you could be talking about. It's rather just that you don't want to raise your hand, you don't feel like saying anything, you're a little bit tired, you'd rather just chill out. It's not because God doesn't have a testimony. What the psalmist is telling us here is God absolutely has a testimony. And if you want to read about what God has done, there is a whole lot about what God, God has done. It should be very easy for us to pass on to people what God has done. Remember John said that if everything would have been written down that Jesus did... I suppose that the whole world would not be able to contain the books where those were written. That's how much of a testimony God has of what God's done. 
We just have 66 books. We just have a 39-book Old Testament. We have a big, thick Old Testament. But it's a testimony that God has. He absolutely does. Today we picked up lunch at Subway up here in National Turnpike. Like many subways, it's owned by Indian people. And so we're standing there, and the guy has a very strong accent. It's always the same guy. And so Noah says, do you speak Spanish? Um, it's good observation that this guy is a little bit different from us. Um, could be offensive to ask him that. I hope it wasn't. So I tried to explain. I said, well, he's got a Latino mom, and he's used to people speaking Spanish. We know you don't speak Spanish. You're from India, aren't you? And I tried to, like, smooth it over. But he wasn't offended, and he started talking. You know what he said? He said, are y'all coming from church? We said, yeah. He said, I've never been to church one time in my entire life. Right here in Fairdale. Never been to a church one time. Remember this morning when I said, when people don't read the Bible and don't ever go to church, what do they think about God? That guy has a whole view and belief system on God and has zero idea what you and I are about. But he's got opinions on us. He's got opinions on God and opinions on Jesus, and it's never been. I wonder if he's ever heard the testimony of God. Are you mindful that even going through the line at Subway is another story of what God is doing in your lives? Substitute teaching at Fairdale High School is absolutely how God is working in your life. You have perhaps more of a witness to Africans and Muslims than the majority of our church. That's what God is doing. And God has told you in the Bible to be a witness to the nations. And you are doing that even through a substitute at school. God has a testimony all day long. Please do not think that it's because God's not doing anything. God is doing all sorts of things. Just do we know Him? He appointed a law in Israel. Certainly He did appoint a law. And in God's law and in His teaching, He commanded our fathers to teach their children the law. Now, I don't want to get overbearing on you all, but the Bible teaches us that families are to teach their children the law of God. We should know as soon as we're able to know that there is right or wrong, disobedience is wrong, you don't disobey, punishment is real, God will punish those who disobey Him, and here's what His laws are. God established a law for His people, and He said, listen, fathers, make sure your kids know this. And it's not just don't talk back to your mom, which that's a good one. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. The other day we're driving home from school, And Noah says, Daddy, I said, oh my gosh. Am I allowed to say, oh my gosh? And JJ says, we're not supposed to say, oh my God. And Noah said, I didn't say, oh my God. I said, oh my gosh. Daddy, am I allowed to say, oh my gosh? I said, well, listen, boys. God, that's, that's His name. You can say whatever you want to say, but anytime you talk about God, you do it in the right way. You do it in a good way. You talk about God when you're going to praise Him or worship Him, or you talk about God when you're going to talk to Him, or you talk about God when you're just going to talk about God, but talk about Him in a good way. I said, Noah, I love talking about Noah, how funny you are and silly you are. I love how into superheroes you are and how much you like to wrestle with me and silly, all of that. And if I'm talking about Noah like that, it makes you smile, doesn't it? Yeah. 
I said, well, if I said, oh, this is silly Noah, I can't stand Noah, Noah talks too much, bad Noah, disobedient Noah, you like me doing that? He said, no. I said, when you take God's name, you talk about God in a way that is good. And you don't talk about God in a way that is bad. So yes, do not say, oh my God. God has laws. One of those laws is do not take his name in vain. He's got a lot of laws. And it is every one of our job, if you have children, to make sure that those children know the law of God. Okay? That's what he says there. He commanded our fathers to teach the law to their children. Does everybody see that in verse 5? Listen. He didn't command your church, to teach the law to your children. He did. He commanded the church to preach the word to the church. So if you bring your kids to church, they're going to get that. He commanded the fathers to teach it to the children. All right, verse 6. Let's see what happens when we are doing what God has told us to do that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God. Folks, when I'm laying on the bed at three in the morning, not on the bed, sorry, I'm on the floor, at three in the morning, and I can't sleep, and I'm kind of eyeing her to see as soon as she falls asleep, I'm going to run back to my bed. My prayer is, God, cause her to set her hope in you. I'm totally serious. I've said it to y'all many times. I don't care if they play ball or if they even graduate high school, as long as their hope is in the Lord Jesus. That's my heart. That's the heart of God. That's what Psalm 78 says our goal is for those young people after us. Whether they're ours or whether they're not ours, the next generation. Well, how do I do that? He says to tell them. Tell them the glorious deeds of the Lord. Tell them His might. Tell them the wonders that He has done. Teach the law that God has appointed. We ought to be telling them. And he says that if we communicate this to them so that they get it, now obviously you know that, that just telling is not exactly communicating. You know that, okay? I don't need to go on on how we tell this. We have to, tr- we have to pass on, we have to transfer the, the information to them. We have to make sure they get it. We have to be about it in such a way that they get it. Just like we do with miniature horse farms or being a UK fan. We make sure they get that. Without any real strategy, we're just so about it. So we just be so about God and His Word and His glorious deeds and His might and the wonders that He has done that they see that this is what God is like and that God is real. He says that if we do that, they would set their hope in God. Or that they should. He also says that it will start a domino effect, doesn't he? 
that it will start a domino effect, that that's what they would do too. God is teaching me in Psalm 78 that someday down the road, Chicken Sherry might have great grands. And then I might one day be a papa. And that those kids, remember the call to worship, Psalm 87, that God would register and say, this one's born there. That those kids would set their hope in God. Based off of me being a man who wants to pass on what God is like. Read with me again verse 6. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children, so that they should set their hope in God. I want to encourage you tonight that you would be prayerful, that you would be committed, and you would be hardworking, and that you would have one goal that is so much bigger than all the other goals in your family. And I hope that y'all do have goals. We've got goals in our family. There's one that's bigger, and that is that our children would set their hope in God and that I would so labor right now that they would. Listen, from one generation to the next, there are things that's like, I'm not as good at taking care of the home or the house or the yard as my mom and dad. They, they've seen this this week, okay? Dad was totally disappointed with the flower beds around the house. Totally disappointed. But you know what? I think you would agree. We're willing to be disappointed a little bit in the preference areas, aren't we? JJ and Eli may not like sports as much as I do. They already like Star Wars. I've never even seen Star Wars. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if they are more into school than I was, or I'm okay if they don't want to have five kids. The, the personal preference things we're okay on, right? I'm not trying to pound into them, no, you're going to do this. I'm not going to tell them they're pathetic if they're not as good working in the yard as Papaw. Those aren't the things that you and I are so committed to. If it comes, it comes. If they want to play soccer, they can play soccer. Those aren't the things. Those things, we'll see what they're into. We'll let them chase after what they like. We'll let them follow after their heart. Those things are not on the same level. There is a message from God. Rather, there is a God that they are to know. And God has told us to pass that on to them. So don't be the, be the parent or the grandparents or, or, the, or, the, or, the, or just the one reaching the next generation who thinks we have to hammer things into them. It's great for everybody to be different. There is a message of God, rather there is a God that we want them to get. That they would set their hope in Him. Then after that, in our last verse and a half, he says, if we will not tell them, look what we'll get. They would forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. That they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God.
None of us want that. Man, we don't want to be 20 years from now and see J.J. as somebody with a spirit not faithful to God. And it's not an automatic, if I do this and I get that, you know that. Salvation is of the Lord and it's by His grace and He'll have mercy on whom He has mercy. The Bible does tell us here that I need to hear what God has told me to do. We need to hear what God has told us to do. And when we do that, that they may would set their hope in God and that they would not be forgetting the works of God and they would not be a stubborn and rebellious generation. So we've added one more to the family. And sleep may go and responsibilities may increase. The cost of living in the home might go up and the busyness might get more. The goodness of God and the joy in doing what He has told us to do only becomes more readily available. I might not do a good job of teaching them how to groom a yard. I'm trying. I might not be great at that. I'm not as committed to that. I'm so committed. Not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm reading the Bible. It says to pass on to them the glorious deeds of the Lord and His might and the wonders that He has done. Would you tonight hear the Word of God, Psalm 78, and start adjusting your life to where you are unmistakably all out committed to making sure the next generation after you, whether you're your children, your grandchildren, or your neighbor's kids, are getting what God is like. We want them to know what God is like. I wrote this lullaby for our kids. I'm sure you've heard it, but I want to read it to you. It'll share my heart. How many of y'all have heard this? I wrote this for JJ, and now I've adopted it a little bit for a girl. It was better for a boy. It's okay for a girl. Hush, little Liliana, don't you cry. Daddy's going to sing you a lullaby. I hate to see you crying red-faced with tears. Let me tell you about us in the coming years. The joy of rearing you can make this grown man weep. Right here in my arms, you can fall asleep. I'll stare at your face and kiss your chubby cheeks. Watch you start to grow in the coming weeks. God gave you a great mother who takes care of you. In love together, we will teach you what's true. Four bigger, older siblings you can look up to. You become like them. Yes, I hope you do. It's a simple lullaby about what matters in life, like trusting in God and being a faithful wife, like serving other people in devotion to the sword, the Word of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Baby girl, I want to teach you to throw and catch a ball, and I can hardly wait until you learn to crawl. We can walk to the park and I can push you on the swings, raise you upright so you'll appreciate things. I want to teach you about pets like cats and dogs and how to catch lizards, turtles, and frogs. I'll show you how to catch a fish and how to bait a hook, how a boy should treat a girl and how to read a book, how to play with kids and not be weak, playing outdoor games like hide-and-seek. I want to teach you about bruises, scabs, and scars, 
take you on a walk at night to look at stars. I want to teach you how to ride a bike and how to climb trees. I'll teach you about caterpillars, birds, and bees. I want to pick you up when you fall and scrape your knees. I want to teach you how to pray and say yes, sir, and please. We can walk to the creek. I'll show you how to skip a rock. I'll show you how to play sports and also how to speed walk. I want to teach you how to not get upset by jokes and how to be grateful and respect your folks. Liliana, I want to teach you how to love your mom and how to read the Bible, a daily proverb and psalm. It's a simple lullaby about what matters in life, like trusting in God and being a faithful wife, like serving other people in devotion to the sword, the word of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Little girl, I want to teach you how to be a lady, how to look folks in the eye and not be shady. I want to keep how to keep your word and always work real hard, how to pay your bills on time and how to mow the yard. I'll teach you how to keep a job and not be lazy, how to speak the truth in love and not be hazy. I want to show you how to love and how to be a friend and when to compromise and when to take a stand and how to apologize and also how to forgive. Liliana, these are simple lessons on how to live. And life is not easy. It can be quite hard. Keep your eyes on Christ and don't be caught off guard. It's a simple lullaby about what matters in life like trusting in God and being a faithful wife, like serving other people in devotion to the sword, the word of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. And may God give us, may God give us from Psalm 78, full hearts to say, there's a lot of things I'm trying to accomplish in life, but there is one I can't afford to not prioritize. I want them to know the goodness of God. Last night as we were reading the Bible before we put the kids to bed, it was me and the three boys, and it was uh, the feeding of the 5,000. You remember Jesus says, well, let's feed them. And the disciples say, we want to send them home. And Jesus says, no, let's feed them. And they're like, do you know how much that will cost? We don't have enough money for that. And it turned into a neat conversation with our family about there's times where you don't have enough money for things. But you don't need enough money for things. They needed to feed them and disciples thought we don't have enough money to feed them when they had what? Jesus. If you need to feed a lot of people, what would you rather have? Jesus or money? Jesus. So I said, if you want to raise a family, what do you want to have, Jesus or, or money? I said, boys, there will be times where we have a lot of money and there will be times where we don't. Some days we'll go to the store and you'll ask for something and you'll get it. And some days you go to the store and you ask for something you won't. I said, but you know our family has a lot of? I said, our family has a lot of love in it. And y'all love your mom and dad and your mom and dad love you. And that's what God wants us to be like. Because God loves us. And Jesus died for us. And Jesus will forgive us of our sins. And we want to make sure that's what our family stays like. I said, y'all think so? They said, yeah, we think so. We kept reading. That's how it is with kids. They're not really into it. They're not, not life-changing speech right there. But it's just a little step, little step, little step, that one day they would set their hope in God. May we be people who labor and live and love that the next generation would set their hope in God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We are so moved tonight by Psalm 78. The next generation after us. Father God, help us to adjust or calibrate or recalibrate our lives 
that we would do that. We would pass it on. And give us grace to do it well. That you would get the glory from those young people after us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.